And welcome back to America Can We Talk, where we always talk truth about America and we speak up for America. Okay, top of the second hour, I do a cruise through the news. If I had a show two hours a day, five days a week, I could indulge each of these stories. But I'm just going to skim through some headlines that all matter about America. Uh, number one today, or actually yesterday, which was July 7th, was the two-year anniversary of the horrific incident here in Dallas, Texas, where five Dallas officers were killed uh, by uh, right at the end of a Black Lives Matter march. The march had been relatively peaceful, although some pretty egregious signs, but pretty peaceful. But a, uh, a one enraged gunman ended up killing five uh, officers, four Dallas police officers and one Dallas area rapid transit officer. Uh, his name was Brent Thompson. The Dallas police officers were Michael Smith, Lauren Ahrens, Patrick Zamaripa, and Michael Kroll. And I just want to honor them and their families again. Everyone who serves this country, police officers, I mean, in the military, of course, but police officers, people who put their lives in the line every day, fire officials, I'm grateful for them. I know we all are. I like that there was a ceremony honoring them yesterday in Dallas. It was it was a, a horrific day and uh, not to be forgotten. Um, second is, on our cruise to the news, in the great state of Illinois, um, there is a, uh, you know, a campaign coming up and a um, Republican, a, a man filed to run as a Republican for U.S. Senate named Arthur Jones. He's running for U.S. Senate. There's no other, nobody else filed to run for this seat for U.S. Senate. I mean, it's, it's Illinois and it's Republican. I mean, it's, you know, Democrats going to win anyway. But the guy who filed as a Republican and therefore won, he's going to be the Republican candidate and get defeated by the Democrat named Arthur Jones is a 70-year-old Nazi, freaking Nazi, a Holocaust denier who openly espouses racist views, a horrible human being. So that my, my really good news about that is at least Ted Cruz, U.S. Senator Ted Cruz, our senator in, in, in Washington, uh, put out a tweet, this is horrific, an avowed Nazi running for Congress. To the good people of Illinois, you have two reasonable choices. Write in another candidate or vote for the Democrat. This bigoted fool should receive receive zero votes. Ted Cruz spoke right up and said, not welcome in our party. Love that. The Republican governor um, of Illinois named Bruce Rauner first kind of hemmed and hawed. And then I think honestly got kind of embarrassed by um, Ted Cruz's tweet. And said, oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah. Don't vote for him. But seriously, I was really proud of Ted Cruz and the, the kind of stature he was. He, the character he's showing about himself. This is, you know, you, you just simply cannot vote for someone just because they have an R by their name if they stand for these kind of hideous views. Next thing, speaking of being hideous, is so in uh, London, London's mayor is a Muslim named Sadiq Khan. London Mayor Sadiq Khan authorized, agreed that during the upcoming visit by President Trump to London, which he's been trying to fight, President Trump is heading over there, I think it's Thursday, and he's going to meet, I guess, with the royal family, he's going to meet in Parliament, he's going to, you know, he's going to do business, Americans, America's business. Sadiq Khan's been trying for a year to stop this uh, potential visit, couldn't do it. So he, to show you the complete lack of class and dignity and statesmanship this guy possesses, authorized a huge 20-foot inflatable blimp balloon 
in the shape of Donald Trump wearing a, in the British word is nappy, wearing a diaper, an enormous balloon floating over Parliament during the time President Trump is there. Okay, this would be something if your five-year-old asked you at a birthday party at your home, could we have a balloon making fun of somebody, a balloon mocking somebody, five-year-olds would figure out from their parents, no, we don't do that. That's really inappropriate. That's tacky. It's classless. You know, we're, we're better people than that. This guy did that. This guy got elected mayor of London. And he has obviously been elected as mayor of London because of the extremely large Islamic community uh, who are voting citizens now in London who voted for this guy. Now, I did read somewhere, I couldn't verify, but I did read somewhere that uh, the an, another balloon was going to be go up that was going to be of Sadiq Khan and, and, you know, in some unflattering form. I hope they just can get classy and just drop the whole thing. But anyway, that was the next uh, cruise of the news item. Another one, Californians discovered a shock which every lover of freedom, free markets, limited government would not be shocked by, which was because they passed a proposition. There was a study done by Charles Varner, who's the associate director of the Stanford Center on Poverty and Inequality. Shockingly, after Proposition 30 passed, which was a massive income uh, tax increase on rich people, it passed in 2012, it was re-upped in 2016. You'd be shocked to learn this, I know. But the millionaires are leaving California. Who knew? I mean, how could you predict that? Why would you think someone would move out of your state just because you're clobbering them and their income taxes? I mean, it's like, how long? This is why it's just astonishing to me. People can keep voting for this stuff and not realize that their fellow citizens are not going to take it sitting down. Okay, one last story in the Cruise of the News segment which I really do want to be sure and share with you, uh, in, in the great state of Texas, here in, in Texas, uh, a young kid with a Make America Great hat on and what a Texas chain called Whataburger was accosted by some guy who grabbed his hat, threw a cold drink in his face, and the, the bad guy's been fired. Uh, and so at least there was some justice. After the break, we're going to talk about Candace Owens and what she's doing to shape America. Come right back. If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington. And unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are nearly a half million Heritage members and supporters in America. And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. America is greatly blessed by the men and women serving in our military who are defending us every day, making our freedom possible. Military families also serve, and they face hardships while dads and moms are far from home. Military families endure frequent moves around the country and overseas, requiring them to adjust to new schools and make new friends over and over. They also face anguish while their soldiers deployed overseas, often in harm's way. 
The Army Scholarship Foundation offers one way to help military families by providing academic scholarships to children and spouses of soldiers. And you can help. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and consider making a tax-deductible donation to help a military family member pursue his or her educational dreams. Assisting military family members with their college education is a great way for all of us at home to say thank you to our military families for your service and sacrifice. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and get involved today. If you want to get at the issues that really matter for women and men, go to IWF.org. That's the Independent Women's Forum. IWF is all about increasing the number of American women who value free markets and personal liberty. IWF's motto is all issues are women's issues. They bring a fact-based approach to politics, policy, and culture. When the left tried to peddle a phony war on women, IWF shot back with facts and figures. American women aren't victims in need of ever-increasing government protection. And IWF doesn't think things are perfect, but they believe that individual liberty is the key to prosperity and fulfillment. Along with their sister organization, Independent Women's Voice, IWVoice.org, which is a leader in the fight against Obamacare, they offer policy papers, op-eds, and a popular blog on issues of the day. So visit IWF at IWF.org. That's IWF.org. America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. The Center for Security Policy, based in Washington, D.C., is a national leader focused on the organization, management, and direction of public policy coalitions to promote U.S. national security. The Center is a special forces in the war of ideas dedicated to identifying opportunities and challenges likely to affect American security and acting promptly to ensure that they are the subject of focused national examination and effective action. The Center enlists support from executive branch officials, key legislators, and other public policy organizations and brings these teams together to develop and shape policies that will keep America safe. Check out centerforsecuritypolicy.org for the latest news and developments brought to you by America's leading security experts. Becoming and remaining informed is one of the best ways every citizen can be a part of the mission to keep America safe. That's centerforsecuritypolicy.org. Welcome back to America Can We Talk. Okay, so you know what? This is a, I, I want to be so careful because I feel like I'm, I'm kind of pumped up. Well, I'm pumped up tonight because I really do feel like, I mean, President Trump's victory was one signal in 2016. One signal that the lies of the left were no longer being accepted hook, line, and sinker. That people were actually willing to look at facts and then start to question Things the Democrat Party says. And so now we're seeing, as we talked about in the first hour, the walk away movement, tremendously powerful movement, people communicating with other Americans on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, telling their stories, how they figured out that the Democrat Party really did not did not stand for what they thought they stood for, that they have morphed into radical leftists, which they have. They have been taken over by the radical Obama element of the American left, and that's where they live. 
in Washington. That's where the Democrat Party leadership lives. It's who the candidates are who are winning are the radical ones. And on top of that, there was a um, a uh, recognition in the uh, most recent political issues facing America that border security is actually not just it's not about I mean, the left try to characterize border security as you know this is your islamophobic or your uh, xenophobic or you don't like people who don't look like you or you're intolerant some stupid accusation from the american left but we are now seeing the results of just feckless border policy of eight years under obama of just ridiculous uh, chaos down there and and just outrage among people who are claiming they're entitled to come here because they want to and they can create chaos and the only answer is we have to make them all citizens and I, you're seeing people finally react well candace owens who is has been on this show before she's a young a beautiful young black woman who's just began talking on YouTube earlier this year about why she came around to supporting President Trump. She is now a, uh, I think she's a college outreach coordinator, youth outreach coordinator, I think their title is, uh, for, um, uh, anyway, what's his, anyway, can't the name of the group, but that, uh, Turning Point USA. So for them, she's on media all the time. She's giving the left fits because she's pointing out that Democrat policies hurt black people and we now have a clip i want to play a clip um of uh, candace owens she was on fox recently and then talk about what she's saying this is clip two greg they say the most gettable section of uh of the voting base is going to be uh white middle class women do you feel differently? There's another relevant group that is going to have their voices heard in the midterms. Who are they? Absolutely. I recently tweeted, I think uh, the black vote is going to become the most relevant vote in America by 2020. We're already seeing a major shift. Men and women. Men and women. Why is there. that? Why do you think that? It's just the conversation is different. I actually think digital media has allowed for this. For so long, we were sort of trapped, and we saw the version of society that CNN projected towards us. That's sort of what was being played in our households. Uh, now we have social media now they're hearing voices and different ideas and people that are combating um, sort of the wrong facts that are coming out of their TV screens and they're seeing people like me who popped up on YouTube with a different version right. and I am seeing so many black people pop up on YouTube on Facebook on Twitter using different hashtags there is going to be a major black exit from the Democrat Party and they're going to have to actually compete for their votes in 2020 and, and when Donald Trump was running for president famously he said what do you have to lose and he was correct we had absolutely nothing to lose and everything to gain, and we are gaining it. Candace, you but, grew up in a Democratic family. That is and correct. You were telling me during the break, you said, I did grow up to think that Republicans were racist. I did. Republicans were why did you decide to switch parties? Why did you become a Republican? Um, it wasn't a why. It was just understanding that racism, especially while Donald Trump was running, was just being used as a theme to trap black voters. You couldn't deny it. This was a man that was celebrated by the left. He was loved by the hip-hop world. Every song that I listened to growing up celebrated Donald Trump and Mar-a-Lago. He was the goal. The second he decided to run for the president, he was announced as a racist. And they, they did studies on who's watching The Apprentice. He was through the roof when it came to minorities, uh, blacks and Hispanics. We and loved that him. Changed. <laughs> Le Leslie, what could the administration do better uh, to get the word out that they are uh, they are uh, looking to solicit the votes of the African American community. I think they are doing a tremendous job in just in just uh, buckling down and focusing on things that matter, slashing regulations, giving opportunities to Black Americans again, tackling the illegal immigrant situation that negatively impacts Black people beyond any other group in this society. But what okay, Candace Owens, as I say, 
making the left crazy all by herself. She's just a fabulous force. And you know what's so refreshing about her? She tweeted recently something like, you know, I've never been so happy in my life. I'm just speaking what I believe. I'm just saying what I believe. So she, Candace Owens, that was a Fox News interview. She has been interviewed all over creation. She speaks at college campuses. She speaks at large groups. She's been on this show. She's been on many other shows. And what she's really doing is inspiring black Americans who have felt for decades that the the place we're supposed to live politically is the Democrat Party. And she's just saying, why? Why? What is the reason? What is the reason? What has voting Democrat gotten you in the black community? She's making that point eloquently. She's very straightforward. She's very lovely. She isn't yelling, screaming, hair pulling out. She's just making the point. And it has been uh, tremendously impactful, very upsetting to the American left, of course, but, you know, very impactful. And she has spawned other people, other, you know, Kanye West, very famous, um, you know, uh, I guess you call him a rapper. I don't know. I don't listen to that music. But anyway, you know, rapper has he came out. One of his famous tweet early on was essentially, I like how Candace Owens thinks. But now what has happened is she's started people thinking and talking and not that she's the first one. And we have I have in my personal life, you know, many black conservative friends who have been Republican for decades. But this what has happened with Candace Owens is she's bringing this message to a pop culture that doesn't hear that message very often. She's bringing the message to people who don't go to Republican meetings who don't go to hear Republican candidates speak. She's bringing the message to people who are listening to pop culture. And she's saying, hey, yeah, this is, this is what truth is. And, and she's getting their attention. Part of what's happening, too, is the Democrat Party is so focused on abandoning border security, on letting anyone cross the border who wants, who giving amnesty to DACA, giving amnesty to the Dreamers, giving amnesty to everyone who entered America illegally, you know, arguing against cutting uh, legal immigration. Republicans are trying to work toward that. The Democrat Party has turned their political attention, their legislative attention, their energy to encouraging illegal border crossing, to encouraging illegal immigration, and to arguing that somehow illegal immigrants have the right to come to America to be given jobs, to be given welfare, to be given payments, to be given uh, sanctuary in sanctuary cities. This is not playing with Candace Owens, with Kanye West, and with hundreds, if not thousands, of other emerging black conservative leaders saying, wait a minute, what, you know, what in the world are you talking about? There's a great article. I think it's up on our website, which is AmericaCanWeTalk.org. The article is called Why Blacks Are Leaving the Democrat Party. Okay. It's called, actually, Why Blacks Are Leaving the Democratic Party. But I don't use that term because that's another manipulation by the American left. Democrat Party is a noun. Democratic is an adjective, and it was the Democrats tried to make this change recently to call themselves, not recently, five years ago or so, Democratic Party. It was a manipulative thing to do to, to try to, you know, it had nothing to do with the name of the party. So I'm not, they're the Democrat Party. In any case, um, they have stories in this, in this particular article, stories about a young man, Rob Smith, a black, gay, former Democrat, combat veteran, author, He was actually among the activists who chained himself to the White House fence to protest, don't ask, don't tell. 
He's also one of the strong black voices of what he calls the, I don't have to be a Democrat just because I'm black movement. He's an outspoken person saying the Democrat Party has to sell their ideas to me. They have to convince me of the value and virtue of their ideas. A dominant feeling by many of these black Americans who are reconsidering their blind allegiance to the Democrat Party is the, the observation that, they're, that they see the party is, has abandoned black voters in favor of their new voting bloc of illegal immigrants whose victimhood will guarantee votes. Black Americans recognizing the Democrat Party is turning to illegal immigrants as their as their next group of victims that they want to. And this is same mentality. In fact, if you weren't listening in the first hour, I urge you to go back and listen to our um, the first hour, the the uh, second. I guess it was like a six fifteen. The second segment of the first hour, which was the big speech by the the walk away guy, essentially saying. I'm walking away because the Democrat Party doesn't represent me anymore. And this is really what these what many of these black voters are saying also. Okay, so we come back. We've got to zip off to break. If you're watching on Facebook Live, please come back after the break. We're going to talk about Maxine Waters, what she said, what Trump said, and then what you think about what they said. Come right back. America guarantees each eligible adult citizen the right to vote. The Public Interest Legal Foundation, a 501c3 public interest law firm, is dedicated entirely to election integrity, to assuring that voter rolls include names of only citizens eligible to vote, and that protections are in place to prevent voter fraud of all kinds. The Public Interest Legal Foundation discovered that more than 1,000 non-citizens enrolled to vote in Virginia in just eight counties, and in Philadelphia, felons as well as non-citizens are on the voter rolls. Non-citizens have been registering to vote and voting. The Public Interest Legal Foundation is fighting nationwide and in Texas to ensure that only Americans pick American leaders. We are actively litigating high-impact cases to clean up voter rolls and protect the ballot box. If you do not want your vote canceled out, visit publicinterestlegal.org to join us in the fight to restore integrity to American elections. Protect your vote. Visit publicinterestlegal.org today. Texans have a long tradition of independence, and we don't like being told what to do, especially by liberal bureaucrats 1,000 miles away. That's why for 30 years, the Dallas-based Institute for Policy Innovation has fought Washington's efforts to take more of your money and freedom. IPI works every day to keep taxes low and freedom high, to promote free market health care, expand energy security, protect intellectual property, and combat onerous regulations that destroy American jobs. Politicians often talk smaller government, but then vote for more of it. By contrast, IPI has never veered from its mission to defend the Constitution and fight for freedom. If you want to be informed about free market policies and solutions, go to IPI's website and sign up. All of their information is free for sharing. Help IPI restore liberty and economic growth. Go to IPI.org today. That's IPI.org. One more time, go to IPI.org today. Let me tell you about the group Vice President Mike Pence called the most effective grassroots pro-life organization in America. It's the Susan B. Anthony List, and they're the ones who are on Capitol Hill right now, day in, day out, to fight back against Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. 
Every day in our nation, abortion takes more than 2,000 innocent lives, almost two every single minute of every single day. And Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion business in the country, committing one-third of all abortions. It's an unspeakable tragedy and a stain upon our nation and our humanity. And it's up to us to do something about it. This is your opportunity to join the team that's leading the charge to end abortion. Go to sba-list.org or Google Susan B. Anthony List now to learn more and start saving lives today. Do you know that one in nearly five United States residents lives in an immigrant household? That we take in more than one million new legal immigrants every year? Studying the impact of federal immigration program is the mission of the Center for Immigration Studies, the nation's only think tank looking at the broad national effect of immigration policy. Whether it's on crime, welfare, national security, or the job market, CIS digs out information about immigration from government sources, translates it into English, and makes it available to the public, the news media, and policymakers in Washington. Check out its work at CIS.org. CIS makes the case for better enforcement against illegal immigration and lower levels of legal immigration in the future. Most other special interest groups pursue the opposite. The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org. Okay, Debbie Georgiad is here. America, can we talk? So I love, love, love talking with you every week. And, um, you know, one other point I wanted to make about um, Candace Owens and the walkaway movement is there became, there was an expression that became popular in the American left. Uh, I, I was tried to look it up, but I couldn't figure out quite when it got started, what the expression got started. But the basic expression was essentially that um, demographics are destiny, and the argument of the left was once we have a majority of uh, if, if there were to be a majority, a majority in America of African-Americans or a majority of Hispanic or Latina Americans or a majority people of color and white people became a minority, that once that happened, the Republican Party was over. The Democrats win hands down going forward for all time. I cannot encourage you strongly enough. Do not even for a moment indulge that foolishness that is a lie that is a that is a just a self that is a, a wish from the democrat side because people of all colors races ethnicity national origin want safety they want prosperity they want opportunity they want to live in a society where we have a rule of law and there's orderliness Nothing about the Democrat agenda is appealing to a thinking, liberty-loving person. People don't think with their skin color. Their skin color actually has no role in, in thinking. You think with your, your heart, your mind, your, your brain, your thoughts, your beliefs, and ideas that are right, that are founded on the, on the precious founding ideas of America— They're right because they work, because they're consistent with truth, the truth about the nature of man, our our God-given rights. 
That's why conservative ideas work, because they're consistent with this idea of God-given rights and the inherent, the born-in-our-hearts love of liberty. Left-wing America only has a foothold that it does by duping people into thinking that they are victims, into thinking that they are surrounded by a society of similarly hyphenated groups. There were just a bunch of hyphenated American groups with battle lines and constant constant pressure, constant tension, constant competition. That is not true. That is not true. That is not what America is. It's what the left would try to drag us into. Is they drag us backward into tribalism. That's not who America is. And we, on the conservative side, have the right ideas, the rule of law, the notion that all of us live under the law, the notion we have rights from God because we were born, the notion that government exists to protect our rights, the notion we have God-given freedoms, the notion of free markets, the only system consistent with the freedom that uh, with our God-given freedom, and that socialism is an evil that has always failed and caused misery. And no one loves misery just because of their skin color. They don't want misery. So never accept that demographics is destiny garbage again. Okay. Now I want to turn to Maxine Waters, um, who, uh, I'm just going to first play Maxine Waters clip. This is clip four. Maxine Waters had to say, and then what's, what has happened after this? So this is clip four. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd and you push back on them and you tell them they're not welcome. Okay, this is Maxine Waters. This is a follow-on to you. I think we talked about this story two weeks ago uh, where Sarah Sanders, the White House spokesperson with, with her family in a restaurant, and she was asked to leave. She, her husband, she and her husband and the kids asked to leave because she works for Trump and they don't like President Trump. Then they had the uh, HHS secretary, Kirsten Nielsen, was harassed in her home harassed in a um, in a Mexican restaurant in Washington, D.C. This is a tactic of the lawless mob rule American left harassing people because they don't agree with them politically. Maxine Waters made the comments you just heard. Defend, not, not just defending the actions of the restaurant owner and the mobs attacking people for their political beliefs, but encouraging more of it. You heard what she just said. So. After that, after that happened, uh, there was a group of 20, or excuse me, nearly 200 black female leaders who wrote a letter to Nancy Pelosi, uh, you know, the Democrat minority leader in the U.S. House, that Nancy Pelosi, because Pelosi had kind of very tiptoed into apologizing about Maxine Waters, saying, ah, she really shouldn't be encouraging that. In fact, even more openly, um, I think it was the, um, I think Chuck Schumer actually mouthed off about it, too. Um, and, and, and yeah, Chuck Schumer described Maxine Waters' words as unwarranted attacks from the Trump administration and others. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's not the right language. Anyway, it, Schumer. Oh, yeah. Schumer called Waters' call for harassing your political opponents. Chuck Schumer even called it not American, not civil. And Pelosi did the same thing. So then these Democrat women leaders, 20 of them, 20 black female leaders wrote to complain to Nancy Pelosi to say you shouldn't have criticized um, at all. You shouldn't have said a word about what Maxine Waters had to say. And folks, this is another 
political opportunity for us. The left is a massive mob. Not every Democrat. Some Democrats behave. It's probably the people you know in your life. My cousins, family, friends. I have lots of Democrat friends. Don't behave like this. But the conduct being encouraged at the national level in Washington is mob-like. And when Nancy Pelosi had the, you know, tiptoed in to say maybe she shouldn't have said that, she got pummeled by this group of leaders and ended up saying, well, backtracking, I, you know, people, she, Maxine Waters can say what she wants. She backpedaled. In fact, I didn't play this portion of the clip, but in the same uh, interview, Candace Owens was lamenting that Nancy Pelosi had apologized at all. I raise all this to say, I'm talking about, you know, this show, the 2018 midterms, the battle for America, part of the idea of America The idea of Western civilization is robust political debate about ideas and honoring the system we have. President Trump won the election. He has allowed to have a staff, allowed to have an administration, allowed to have people working for him who carry out his administration's policies. What these mob type people are doing in in telling Sarah Sanders she can't eat in a restaurant getting after Kirsten Nielsen, following what, and the mob activity that happened even during the campaign. What the left is saying is, we're so entitled to win that you don't even get to be a Trump supporter and live in peace. You have to, if you're going to support Trump, we're going to harass you all the time until you just are shut down and silent. This is a left-wing mob tactic, and this is where the American left is. So now I want to turn to President Trump who gave a speech in Montana. This is clip one where he got after Maxine Waters. Thank you very much. That was great. This is a really good man. This is a man that loves the people of Montana, loves the people of this country. It's time to retire liberal Democrat John Tester. And you're going to get on your side a real Montana fighter. You see it. You've been watching for the last six months. He is a tough cookie. He's a fighter. He's going to fight for you, Matt Rosendale. So John Tester says one thing when he's in Montana, but I will tell you, I'm testament to it. He does the exact opposite when he goes to Washington. A vote for John Tester is a vote for Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, and the new leader of the Democrat Party, Maxine Waters. Okay, I have to tell you that I know that President Trump making that statement. I should back up and say, obviously, President Trump was in Montana. I think it was the day after July. I think it was July 5th. And he had a huge MAGA-type Trump rally, you know, massive rally. He's trying to get the people of Montana to retire the Democrat Senator John Tester and bring in this Republican candidate. So that was the, I should have said, that was the first part of what he was saying. But he got around to referring to Maxine Waters as the new face of the Democrat Party. And again, I know this kind of stuff for the traditional senatorial, you know, type Republican, this seems unseemly. The president mocking Maxine Waters, the president calling her the face of the Democrat Party. I understand some people think, well, why doesn't he just stay out of it? You know, let, I have to say, though, 
what this is doing, it is forcing the Nancy Pelosi's, the Democrat candidates, to either denounce her and her actions. I mean, she's been wild. Maxine Waters has been wild calling for the impeachment of President Trump, just repeatedly, incessantly demanding he be impeached. He has to be removed. I mean, just wild, endless attacks on him. So now what Trump is doing is turning the tables on Democrats and saying, okay, is she your spokesperson or not? Because those people, as you can hear, did not like how she acted. Most people don't like how she acted. This is, to me, brilliant strategy by President Trump. And now on our last break of the fastest two hours of my week, when we come back after this, we're going to talk about the Supreme Court. The right to freedom of speech, to be who you are and to speak your mind, is a foundational American value enshrined in the First Amendment to our Constitution. And nowhere is that value more important than on America's college campuses. But too often on our campuses, unpopular political opinions or religious beliefs are met with censorship or even violence instead of honest dialogue and discussion. And Texas colleges are no exception. Schools like the University of Texas at Austin, Sam Houston State University, and the University of North Texas all place burdensome restrictions on free speech. That's why the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, FIRE, fights back against the censors to defend liberty on America's college campuses. Does your college or alma mater uphold our most cherished American value of freedom of speech? Find out by visiting thefire.org and consider lending FIRE your support. Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers and, if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. First Liberty is the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. They've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to local schools. Visit FirstLiberty.org to learn more about how First Liberty is protecting religious freedom for all Americans in the workplace, public schools, your church, the military, and more. That's FirstLiberty.org. If you want hope for religious freedom and a free listing of your rights, go to FirstLiberty.org now. Do you dream of a better world? One where poverty and hunger are a thing of the past? What if you could make a real difference in the lives of those most in need? The solution to poverty is not handouts, but hope. The freedom and opportunity to use one's talents and resources for good. At Five Talents, we empower the poor to start their own small businesses. Five Talents works in some of the most difficult places in the world. With $85, you can help a new entrepreneur escape from poverty and build a sustainable business that helps her whole family. Can you think of anywhere else your gift can work that effectively? When you walk with Five Talents, you bring opportunity to those most in need. Join us in demonstrating the greatness of American generosity. Visit 5talents.org today to learn about the impact you can make. That's 5talents.org. F-I-V-E talents.org. 
Our military and veterans have served all of us, defending our nation whenever and wherever duty calls. But at home, when their families need support, they know they can turn to Operation Homefront for help. Operation Homefront provides military families with critical financial assistance, transitional and permanent housing, and family support programs throughout the year to help prevent their short-term needs from turning into long-term struggles. When you support Operation Homefront, your donation will make a real difference because 92% of their expenditures go directly towards programs that our military families need most. Each year, Operation Homefront serves thousands of military families, families in your community, helping wounded veterans transition to civilian life, helping military families pay overdue bills when their loved ones deploy overseas, and helping them through their short-term struggles. Make a difference today and help serve America's military families. Visit OperationHomefront.org. That's OperationHomefront.org. Welcome back. This is the fastest two hours of my week every week. I'm Debbie George Ellis. I love, love, love talking to you. I'm talking with you on America Can We Talk. Love to hear from you. I want to encourage you also. I do a podcast on Wednesdays, 3 p.m. Central Time, right here on Facebook Live. And it also goes up on our YouTube channel, a great YouTube channel. Many thanks to Carrie Kellerman for putting that together. The YouTube channel, just go to YouTube and you Google America Can We Talk. And then my name, Debbie Georgiatis, G-E-O-R-G-A-T-O-S. Um, then you can go check out our YouTube channel. We have all of our old shows, old interviews, uh, first fives from past shows. It's really uh, chock full of good stuff. Love talking to you on Wednesdays. And we do a little more in-depth than one topic. Uh, and so anyway, I just this is my passion to be able to talk with you about America and inspire this just... Um, Love of, respect for, appreciation for, and the need to preserve and protect America. Every generation has that job. That Ronald Reagan quote was not just hyperbole. The idea that, you know, freedom is only one generation away from extinction is actually true. And so our job, it's our turn, our generation, to preserve American-style liberty. Okay, so one big way to do that uh, has to do with the Supreme Court. And I know we talked about last week that Justice Anthony Kennedy has announced his retirement. Um, And so, uh, you know, there was immediately a bunch of squabble from the American left trying to say that, you know, President Trump should hold off in the midterms until after the midterm elections and not make a nomination until January of 2019. Of course, Democrats hoping they would possibly retake the Senate and they could block his nominations or, you know, they could shift his nomination. So I think I made clear we talked about this last week, but three things I want to say about one is that President Obama made an appointment of Elena Kagan, uh, the current justice who she, in fact, being the one who made reference to the uh, weaponizing of the First Amendment, using the First Amendment to protect speech she doesn't like, doesn't politically agree with, constitutes weaponizing. That was his contribution, his person in the Supreme Court. But he nominated her, um, and and she was confirmed in August of 2010, just prior to the midterms. So, you know, this is the Democrats, you know, the, the rules that okay for me, but not for the kind of stuff. So, yeah, he's going to, he, uh, President Trump is going to make an announcement allegedly tomorrow, Monday, of uh, his uh, his uh, next nomination for the Supreme Court. Then we go through the whole process on the Senate, the U.S. Senate, the Judiciary Committee has a hearing. They have to vote out uh, eventually, and then they have the whole um, Senate meets, and they have to have a vote of the U.S. Senate, a simple majority, simple 
majority to get this person into the um, onto the Supreme Court bench. So there are a lot of nomination uh, people being discussed out there. But the other generic point I wanted to make before I hit, because this really is is so so important. Uh, maybe I have four points, but the next point I wanted to make was some people have been saying that because Justice Anthony Kennedy happened to be, he wasn't intended to be a swing vote completely unreliable conservative but that's what he turned out to be he he was a swing vote you never know what the heck he's going to do he believed as we reviewed last week with my great guest on the show last week lathan watts was talking about how you know um, justice kennedy said he wasn't a swing he didn't swing the cases did but anyway unreliable conservative Many uh, lefties are trying to claim, well, President Trump probably has to choose someone somewhat similar similar in uh, temperament and leanings to Anthony Kennedy. And no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He, President Trump, needs to nominate a constitutional conservative, a textualist, a literalist, someone who will follow the Constitution instead of making law himself from the bench. That's a job of a conservative president. Everyone knows if the Democrats held the White House, they were going to nominate a leftist who would simply make rulings completely disregarding the Constitution, just essentially make rulings along the lines of their political viewpoints. This is what the American left does. The four liberal justices on the Supreme Court consistently, without hesitation, without uh, virtually without exception, vote as a block. They vote whatever would be the left-wing preference for the outcome. So they vote in favor of the unions over the right of the individual member of the union who doesn't want to pay dues to support political views he disagrees with. That is what the First Amendment protection in that case that Kagan was talking about, it was writing in, that was the case. Whether someone who's, do I, in order to be a public school teacher, do I have to pay dues to a union who's going to use that money for things I don't agree with? So... President Trump should just has to nominate a constitutionalist, a textualist, a you know someone who follows the Constitution, and then the Senate has to take it on. The last point I wanted to make generically before I hit some of these nominees, but or potential nominees being discussed. Okay, two last points. One last point was many, many, many cases, and you'll you hear this all the time. The Supreme Court decided five four, five four, five four. The court barely had a conservative majority because of the unreliable nature of Anthony Kennedy's rulings. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I think I mentioned last week, he, uh, our daughter went to Stanford and he was the graduate, uh, when she graduated undergrad, um, he was the speaker. And, and uh, I mean, at, I don't know when this, 2009, I think. Anyway, he was very, very, very impressive. He's a very bright man. He's a good man. Uh, he's just not a reliable conservative. He's no Scalia or Gorsuch. So now that President Trump has this opportunity, we need to be thinking about how this 5-4 thing that has been happening so long, all that really will happen is that President Trump, if he can get a more reliable, consistent conservative, will have more 5-4 votes that go consistent with following the Constitution. Not necessarily the conservative outcome, 
but consistent with following the Constitution. Because as Kennedy was swinging back and forth, 5-4 went for the liberal side sometimes. Because who knows why? Because that's what he thought, I guess. But and we're getting at Trump doesn't have to find someone like Kennedy. He should find someone more like Gorsuch or Scalia. And the last point is, generic point is, that the American left has tried to raise the point that they are going to scream bloody murder about anyone who does not support and pledge to uphold Roe versus Wade, the uh, Supreme Court decision that found a non-existent right in the Constitution um, for to an abortion. Roe versus Wade was the biggest win on the American left, the win for the um, Amer- the leftist viewpoint of, of, you know, abortion as a right. And this is something the left is trying to say. This is a this is a litmus test thing. Well, in this in the uh, Senate hearings, of course, the uh, the um, members of the Senate who are doing questioning the Judiciary Committee and then the full Senate, they're not really supposed to ask you know, hypothetical questions. They're not supposed to say, well, if a case said, blah, 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 how would you rule? They're not supposed to ask those things. They're really not even supposed to have litmus tests exactly. But they're trying, they will try to get to, and through the pressure of their questions, to get to the heart of how these this nominee thinks about certain issues. And so, and they will try to, I mean, it, if you think that Jim Jordan's getting dragged through the mud by the Democrat media smear mob, as he is, this nominee, whoever it is, is going to be the subject of the most in-depth scrutiny possible from the American left. Find something disqualifying. The Democrats would love nothing more than to prevent having this nominee confirmed um, by the Senate uh, before the fall elections. And the Republicans want to make sure that confirmation happens. The Republicans have unreliable members of the U.S. Senate. The Republicans do. We barely have majority. It's a 51. It's kind of weird because some of them are independent, but we have 51 Republicans. We have Susan Collins of Maine, who's, you know, off in the ozone somewhere. She is Republican, but she's very, very, um, she's pro-choice. She's very, uh, unreliable, not really conservative, constantly a thorn in the side of the uh, Senate. Just just ridiculous. Lisa Murkowski is another one from Alaska, similarly unreliable. So the Senate has to work with the composition of Republicans they have. So Trump's got to pick someone. He thinks that uh, Senator Mitch McConnell, the majority leader in the Senate, can work through the Judiciary Committee and then work through passage on the floor of the Senate. Because you have to know every Democrat is going to vote against whatever nominee come, is raised. Well, I should, there's a footnote there. I want to get to that story in a second. Because the New York Times ran a kind of hand-wringing, oh my gosh, this is horrible story about the terrible plight for Democrats running for re-election to the Senate, U.S. Senate, who are from red states, states that went for Trump. And the agonizing, that was their word. No, yeah, agonizing. The, the New York Times article was titled, It's a Terrible Vote. Red State Democrats Face an Agonizing Supreme Court Choice. They're basically saying that if you are a Democrat running for re-election from a state that Trump won and Trump makes a nomination for the Supreme Court and you as a Democrat senator vote against Trump, 
are you hurting your reelection chances? I mean, are you going to make the voters of your state mad because they want you to let Trump be president? Or are you going to worry about if you if you you know, if you go ahead and support Trump's nominee for the court, are you going to force it without cause the Democrat voters in your state to say, wow, you know, he kind of flaked out on us. This was our senator. Look what happened. So it is true that they're in a very tough position. And especially because Democrats are never voting. Understand this about the Supreme Court. They're never, ever, ever voting to find people who support the Constitution. This is not the goal for Democrats play, placing the president or in the members of Senate placing people onto the federal appellate courts, the federal court and appellate courts and Supreme Court. It is to find people who agree with them philosophically. So the Democrats are trying to say Roe versus Wade is a line in the sand, but they really can't say that. So all those considerations going to place, President Trump is going to make a nomination announcement tomorrow. Um, I'm not even going to guess. I, I have some ideas, but I don't know who he's going to announce. But I do urge you to follow this process in the Senate. Follow what the questions are. Follow what the objections are. Follow what the Democrats are claiming, what the Republicans are saying. Because this is a huge position shaping 30, 40, 50 years of jurisprudence in America. It matters a lot. And on that note, I must tell you, I love talking with you every week. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is America Can We Talk. Come back every Sunday at 6, Wednesdays at 3. And until we talk again, speak up for America. Thank you for listening to America Can We Talk with Debbie Georgiatis. To learn more or to contact Debbie, go to AmericaCanWeTalk.org. America Can We Talk. Truth about America. America.